Blog Talk Radio. January 9th, 2019, first show of the new year. I was listening last week during the vacation to Joe Rogan. He's got a great podcast, and he was talking about working out. He said that it's his, this is his guideline. He says he never wants to feel sore the next day after working out, and here's why. Because if exercise causes you a lot of pain, you're not going to enjoy it. And if you don't enjoy it, you're not going to do it. And his guest... A guy named Firaz something or other, he said the same thing. He trains martial artists, and he says that if you can lift X number of pounds ten times, he's going to have you do it five times only. And I also, <laughs> I also, I'll come back to that. I also listened to an interview with a psychologist. This guy's name is Ray Moore. M-A-U-R-E-R, and he said that when he has clients who want to exercise, but uh, they can't make themselves do it, he has them just start out by standing on a treadmill in their bathrobes, reading the morning paper, and drinking their coffee. That's it. And then he'll tell somebody, you know, uh, go to work and go out into the stairwell every once in a while, walk up one step. The next day, add another step, and then the next day, another, right? Don't rush it. And, you know, people who make New Year's resolutions about business, they should keep that in mind, too. Make your goals very modest. Don't reach for the sky, especially if you're trying to change, like, a bad habit. Something's well-established. You know, don't try to be perfect. Just try to be a little better. Not even a little better. Just a very little better. And you know what? Maybe you'll succeed. Because if you ask too much of yourself, you're not going to do it. Okay? Now, welcome to this year's first episode of Jerry Jerry! What show is this? This is the Recruiting Animal Show! What? You used to go a little higher. The recruiting animal show, something higher. It's a little flat, oh. I think, you know, on I that show. I set my expectations a little lower, as per your monologue. <laughs> I'm only taking your advice. Thanks. You turned the touche. Okay. But you know what? There's a logical reason my advice doesn't apply for you, okay? Because you're getting paid to do a job. That's true. This isn't... This isn't a hobby for you, okay? That's true. Anyway, before we get going, I want to thank I want to thank the sponsors. They're back mm. again. PC Recruiter and my good friend Martin Snyder's the boss over there. Hone it, the online interview technology. Nick Livingston and our good friends at Hire Tool. H I R E T U A L. Nintran. Okay, I didn't say how to spell it. <laughs> Hone it. H O N E I T. Okay. These names, you've got to pick a name that you don't have to spell. But uh, it's too late for those guys. Anyway, you know what? I can spell this guy's name, the guest today, <laughs> although I did make a mistake the first time. But I don't know how to say it. Joe Skaronic. How do you say that name? It's Skaronic. 
So easy way to remember. Why don't you just change it to, to scow or ronic, not scowronic, okay? Anyway, do what you want. That's, I'll spell it for everybody. S-K-O-W-R-O-N-E-K. You're in Detroit. You do permanent and contract placement of engineers in the automotive industry. Am I right about that? Correct. Okay. I love Detroit. So uh, I love Detroit. Yeah, all automotive. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. And I got a beef with you. I'll just—it's a pet peeve. I won't spend a lot of time on it. Your LinkedIn page says that your staff has 45 years of, you know, combined experience. What does that mean? It's duplicate experience, okay? <laughs> Are you going to mean that you have 45 years of unique experience between you? No. Even if you have 10 years of experience, how do we know it's not like one year repeated 10 times? I don't like it when people do this stuff, and they do it all the time. You're not the only one. Sometimes they'll say, we've got 500 years of experience in our office. That's baloney. You want to rebut me? Yeah. Um, no, it's, uh, yeah, that's across, and I think that's pulling from um, LHP. So, yeah, so seven recruiters, seniors. Oh, it's you your know, last job. Sorry, not people. your new one. You've got a no, new job. That's, okay. that's, that's you know fine, what? but Hold on. Hey, I'll <laughs> finish with your LinkedIn profile. Your LinkedIn profile also advertises your blog, which you haven't, uh, your last posting, you haven't posted on it all year, December 20th, 2017. It says, <laughs> It's been my. It's been a while since my last post. There's going to be a lot more to come in 2018. There's not one. Why don't you take that off your LinkedIn profile? It makes you look stupid. Okay. My new my New Year's resolution is to to blog more. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You. Yeah. Big expectations. Yeah. Just like I said in the intro. Okay. <laughs> Finally, what happened to your uh, Twitter account, Jay Skoronik? Junior, uh, why did you delete that? I mean, it's still available in cached form. But what's what's with you in social media? You hate social media, right? I spend a lot of time on LinkedIn and, and Facebook, and somehow I created four Twitter accounts. And the one Twitter account, it's got my email for my last company, so I can't get into it because I forgot the password. So I, I don't have the email. Okay. So oh, Twitter and okay, I are yeah. okay. really good friends okay. right now. Okay. Okay. <laughs> now you've got – hi, Michael Michael G. Cox. Anybody else here want to say Happy New Year? Happy New Year, Michael G. Cox. Anybody Happy else here want to, say, they want to say Happy New Year? Happy okay. New Year, Did you Michael. Come? Happy New Year. Who's that? Amy. Kendra? Not, Amy? Not the other Amy, Amy Poirier. Amy Poirier, Amy yeah. Poirier. Amy Poirier got a new job too, right? Congratulations. Yeah, Ronstad. Yep, thanks. Oh, you're at Randstad. Everybody's at Randstad. Okay. You're doing time. Okay. But Michael G. Cox, before we move on, there's that other Michael Cox who's more successful than you. He's a talent acquisition <laughs> VP or something like that. That, that, that doesn't say very much, okay? <laughs> did, did, you, did you connect with him? I tried to put you guys together on Twitter. Did you I, talk did, to I, him? I, I followed the guy. I'm not sure if he followed me back. But, uh, Creep. Hey, you're, you're the good Michael you're, Cox, okay? You're the good one. That's what G stands for. What That's what do? G stands for. Good. Okay, back there to the go. show. Okay. okay, our candidate, I mean our show, our guest today, he's burning desire. He's got a burning desire to um, to talk about closing the candidate. Joe, go ahead. Yeah, so um, if you recall a while 
a couple shows back, I had got an argument about Mike saying, hey, just interview, see how it goes. I was like, no. So here's the process, and here we've actually automotive Hold on. So dynamics. are you going back to when I said – when I said it's okay to, if you're recruiting somebody, and these are very hard to find people, and, you know, the person wasn't planning on leaving, you say, look, just take a, go in and have a chat with them. Take a look at it. You know, you don't have to make a commitment now. Is that what you're referring to, my practice? Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, go ahead. The wrong practice. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so before, because there's so many things that can go wrong. You have to be a private investigator per se um so even before we submit a person over we need to know the salary not exactly you know a range within five thousand dollars right 95 to 100 if they need um you know why are they moving um if if they like what they see are they willing to accept an offer at at, at this rate and even go as far as sending an email afterwards confirming the conversation and having them say, say yes. Look, look, hold on, just let me stop you. Let's go back to where I started this thing. You're calling someone out of the blue, someone I'm going to say who's not that easy to find necessarily, okay? You think they're not lying around waiting for you to pick them up. You call them out of the blue, say, hi, I'm a headhunter. I've got this position. You know, would you consider, you know, taking a look at it? And that's a reasonable question. Your question is, I've got this position, you know, uh, would you want to take a look at it? The guy says, okay, okay, but then you make them marry the job right away. You make them say, yeah, I'm, if you offer me this job, I'm going to take it for sure. That's unreasonable. He hasn't even been out to see the people. I don't company. think he's actually saying that, dude. <laughs> Ask him. Ask him, Jerry. Ask him. He's just saying the guy has to at least say, yeah, I'd probably do it. Sure, that's, you know, that's what I meant to Ninety thousand dollars—that's the salary I'm after. Sure. Yeah, I yeah, mean, but he's, what Jerry, do you need? He's asking, what do you he's need to make guy, Why do you want to leave? Why do you want to leave? He right. doesn't want to leave. He doesn't want to leave. You called him up and said, "Hey, I got this job." Right. You know. Then I, yeah. Then then what? Joe's right. If a guy doesn't want to leave, what, there's no reason to talk him into going to an interview. Uh, it's so simple, dude. What do you, Michael? Do you just badger people to go to an interview even if they don't have any interest at all? <laughs> they don't have don't to have understand. a big interest. They don't have to have a major. They don't have to have a major. They don't have to have a major interest to go out and check something out. Okay? They might like it. Try the suit on first before you buy it. Yeah. Once you get it on. Don't look at it on yeah. the hanger. Once you get it on, then there's something to talk about. Yeah. Michael G. Cox, Michael G. Cox or Amy, can you support me on this? Who whose side are you guys on? I mean, I'm on Michael's side. I I don't think you should ever. I feel like that that's a lot of pressure, and that candidate has a choice of many recruiters to go to. He's getting like 20 calls, maybe 100 calls a week, and perhaps even some on the same role. So I think that probably when I am trying to get a buy-in, uh, you know, I'll do it very softly in terms of, hey, you know, does this sound something that you'd be interested in? If so, how are we going to move forward? What's the next step? What's your sweet spot? Sound unreasonable okay. or no? Yeah, okay. Yeah, but are you going to try to post? 
few people will just go on an interview to just check something out. Exactly. We're, we're talking about theoretical bullshit anyway. So, next topic. That's not theoretical. <laughs> I, I'm talking about my own practical experience. Michael G. Cox, okay, yes. where are you? Where do you stand on this one? Will you bring someone in to your company who, you know, you call them out of the blue? They, they haven't – do you make them – Commit what Joe is talking about, what the guest is talking about. He's saying you have to close them before you you know, you, you move ahead. As soon as you not you, not hundred percent no, close no. them animals. I, I don't think he yeah he, I don't think he's talking about closing the guy just like right there before they come in. But you do have to get some sort of commitment like that that might sound right. like look if everything is makes sense for you. Would you be willing to move forward and actually make this career move? Otherwise, we're just burning calories for the sake of introducing people to people, and right, you know, it, it, that doesn't make sense. <clears throat> and, well, and I have a very specific example. So we had a guy, high high level engineer, relocating from Chicago, and um, and everything else was fine, but. His relocation um, needs were he needed a full reload, and he wanted the company to, to pay the, the real estate agent fee and any money he lost on the house. So that's going to be a s- sticky point, and, uh-huh. and the company wouldn't do that. I mean, most companies aren't doing full reloads. They're giving you five ten thousand dollars So I walked away because this isn't going to work out. It's the devil's in the details. Uh, so you yeah, gave an you're, example. You're not going to take something down that that you know isn't going to work out. Right. Okay. He but he gave an extreme example with Relo, or maybe all your placements are Relo. Okay. I don't know. No. No. We're in Detroit. Now, for the first animal show of 2019 is. Should we pre-close? Should we test close candidates? And the host of this damn show is saying, hell no. <laughs> then it's going to be a long year on the animal show. Jerry, Jerry. If that is I'm your not... policy, that I... that pre-closing and, and sales is no longer an appropriate methodology in recruiting in the placement business, I have to rethink whether I can be a part of this show this year. <laughs> Seriously, I'm not kidding. I'm pissed off. Hey, hey Look, Jerry, I, I would recommend, Jerry, that you get some sort of a retainer set up for the rest of the year. Yeah, you know, something. Make it worth your time. Something. Yeah. Hold on, hold on a second. Ridiculous. Hold on a second. It, it puts it, my name in the hat with kind of goofball tactics. I. And somebody could yank out this conversation three years down the road and prove that I'm an idiot just yeah. just by sitting here listening to it. Hey, by the way, the, the somebody you're referring to is actually animal. Yeah. <laughs> yes, true. Yeah. Look, look, okay, look here. The one thing about this pre-closing, yeah, you know what? Give give him something to pre-close on. Let him go out to the interview. Then say, look. You think we should move forward? You think you've got a strong interest? It, how, the person doesn't know anything about the you know, really the job. How can you pre-close them from the get-go? That's my question. Yeah, I'll tell you. Look at guys. I'll tell you how you pre-close them. You, you at least find out if they're in a position. Amy, will let you have to find out if they're in a position to make a change. You have to find out if 
something's happened recently that made them decide, that's eh, it's time to keep my options open. Now, if somebody says, no, I'm not going to change, I'm really not interested, but I'll go take a look, I'm probably going to say, you know, let's wait until something comes along that really does get you all pumped up and motivated. This isn't it. And if they say, yeah, you're probably right, then you've done your job. Okay. If they say, you're, no, you're, check you're, it out, then you're you've done it. your job. I mean, gosh, You're tweaking I, it. You're, you're saying that the guy has all, the candidate, potential candidate says, I'm really not interested. I was saying you call someone who's not actively looking. Uh, yep. They say, well, it sounds interesting, but, you know, I'm not, I'm not really looking for a position. I'm sure. happy here. You know, you have to entice them. Amy, over to you. Amy, what did you want to say? Okay, 100% with Jerry. And if you're calling passive job seekers in this market right now that we're in, you can't – there's just no way. The only way you're going to pre-close somebody is by digging deeper and asking more. And, you know, going more into the question. So there's probably about 13 points that I make sure I touch when I get a passive candidate on the phone. Like um, what? After that. It sounds like you're agreeing with me, okay? What, but what is it I that am. you have? What are your 13 points? Yeah, but you said you're agreeing okay, with Jerry. So what are your 13 points? No. Okay, what are your 13 points? All right, rate. What's your rate? What are you looking for? What's your sweet spot, right? So say, like, uh, my, my hiring manager is at 70 and my guy says 90, I'm like, okay, this job isn't for you. <laughs> Let's move on. Um, I'll get a few more things like, have you thought about moving, you know, relocate, you know, changing jobs. I'll get a few more of those things and then I move on. So relocation, is that a, you know, where do you want to be? And this is for contract people because a lot of those guys move around. You know, um, Back what to kind Joe. of job are you Let's, let's give the guest a chance. Do you want to add anything to what you've said already, or should we move on, Joe? So, um, yeah, let's 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 move on. I, I'm feeling this topic could, could take up the whole show. <laughs> okay, hey, hey, a, just one, maybe one last thing, Animal. Okay. One yeah. last thing. My my only con- well, not my only concern, but one of my concerns with the with the not pre closing is it, it sounds as though a recruiter that would rely upon. Hey, maybe, you know, I'm not too sure if you're interested. Doesn't sound like that, but come on in anyway and sit down and, and we'll see if you get sold along the way. That kind of, uh, it, it just strikes me as lazy on the recruiting side. Like if you can't get that kind of a commitment right. up front, you, you may be wasting a lot of time. This guy's good, Animal. Oh, yeah, okay. That's Michael G. Cox. Okay, uh, so, uh, okay. I, I, I can't imagine anybody just letting just people just walk around interviewing at customers saying, no, I'm not going to change jobs. Not interested. Yeah, no way. Prove it. And, and with the attitude of prove it to me, you know, right. it, it, just, it just sets people up. Right, those are the same people that, that you then, they need a $30,000 increase to accept the job now that they've seen it. And then when yeah. you do get them that $30,000 increase, they don't show up. They, call, they email you on the Sunday night, Michael, yeah. sorry, man, I, I've given this a lot of thought. I just, I just can't start tomorrow. Thanks for your time. Uh, thanks for all you did, but I'm staying here. You pride yourself on not questioning. And, and you yeah. can track that back to the initial conversation. Yep. Like, yeah, I kind of saw that coming. But, yep. you know, that kind of, uh, it, it breeds that attitude of, you know, Liz Ryan wrote something like, 
you're not interviewing. Uh, you shouldn't be interviewed. You should be interviewing the company, and that it, it sets up that kind of an attitude in a in a truly viable candidate. Okay, I don't agree with you guys. Joe, okay. moving on. Yeah. Yeah, Joe, everybody's against me. Okay, Joe, Mr. Guest. Guest, are you there? Wake up. Yes, I'm here. I was waiting for you to okay, finish well, talking. Listen, listen, listen to this show, okay? <laughs> okay. How many hours a week do you work? How many hours a week do you work? Because I posted something this week that said if you're working 55 hours, that's too much. You're not going to be productive. What do you, what do you how many do you work? 50ish, under 55. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Would you do you think you can't get away with 40 hours a week? I just it's not me. I'm all or nothing. Okay. <laughs> There's no cutting off. All right. My time okay. card. When do you wake gone. up? Yeah. When do you wake up? It, when do you wake up? There was another article says that if you get up at four in the morning, you're going to be successful. Tim Cook at Apple gets up at three forty-five. Would that help you? Five thirty, probably not. Five thirty? Probably not. Um, yeah. No earlier than five thirty. What about you, Chair? When do you wake up? Seven. Amy. Six forty-five. <laughs> Amy. I wake up at five thirty if I want to get get to my job and before everybody else. I think that three forty five I would be a fucking zombie and I would be miserable <laughs> and I would hate everybody in the world. Yeah, this who would either that's insomnia kind of stuff. That's weirdness there. Yeah. Michael G. Cox Michael G. Cox. Look, if they paid me oh. what Tim Cook is getting, I would get up whenever they want me to. Michael G. Cox, <laughs> what, what do you when do you when do you <laughs> earliest I get up is about six thirty. But uh, uh, I guess okay. I am not the successful Michael G. Cox. Yeah. Right. Okay. This is the lazy Michael G. Cox. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. Right. right. Not the but not as lazy one. as me. He's not as lazy as me. He doesn't sell the person in advance, right? Okay. Uh, Joe, do you ask people? Yes. Uh, Lori, Lori told us. Lori, the famous Lori Rudiman, who turned 44 yesterday. She says you're supposed to ask people about their preferred pronouns. You, you, when you meet someone, you say, "Hello, my name is Joe. It's nice to meet you. The pronouns I use are he, him, and his." How about you? Are you uh, into that? <laughs> I really don't care. Uh, what kind of moron would ask that? Uh, is that Rich? Happy New Year, Rich. Happy New Year. Okay. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Have you read any books about uh, recruiting, Joe? Joe, have you read any books about recruiting? Uh, yes. I'm a big fan Rich. of Tim Sackett. Uh, Tim the, Sackett. The Talent Fix. Yes. Okay. Did did you read his last his famous last book that just came out two months ago or something? Did you, you read yeah. it already? Talent fix. I well, mean, unfortunately, I'm not in the corporate world, but if uh-huh. I were, it would it would be great. And there's 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 some things we can all pick up from the third party staffing too. But if you're in the corporate world, you really need to read that book. Okay. What what it, what what was 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 there anything in it that you got out of it? Um. I mean, just the staffing industry as a whole. I mean, it's more of a corporate book. So that sounds like a no. no. Great book. I didn't get anything out of it. I mean, I'm sorry. That's what you're telling yeah. us. Okay, but I thought you were working for a, a software, a, an automotive software company, not for an agency. Are you with an agency? Yeah, so we're, uh, yeah, so we're, we're a staffing, staffing agency here. 
My previous company, they, they did um, outsource projects for embedded systems, and, and they did staffing. So it was a little uh-huh. bit corporate, but it was, it was uh, 80% you know, of the revenue was, was, was staffing. So have you, take, uh, have you taken, uh, I'm moving on. I'm moving on. Follow me. Have okay. you taken any courses about recruiting? Any courses? Um, I have not, but I'll tell you what, my, the president of my company is a huge Finkel fan. Uh-huh. So he's an old school guy. So mm-hmm. he likes to do things the Finkel way. Okay. But you started out in sales. You were a salesman before you were a recruiter. Am yeah. I right about that? And did, yeah, you, I can't take off my sales hat. Okay, so you, for you, recruiting is a sales job. Is that right? Right. Uh-huh. Right. So okay. I love, like, as far as the sales go, I don't know if you heard of him, Jeffrey Gittimer. Yeah. He okay. uh, wrote the Little Red Book of Sales. Follow him, read his books. Fantastic ideas. But staffing is not from the industry I came from, consumer electronics. Staffing, mm-hmm. you can't do the hard sell. You cannot do the hard sell. You will get, get, get nowhere. So that was a learning What do you mean? So, uh, what me. do you mean? It sounds like you're coming over to my view. What do you mean? I no, can't do the hard sell. No sale, animal. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, there's, there's certainly some middle ground. <laughs> what, yes. what do you mean? Is a, what's a hard sell? Uh, Fink, in my opinion, Finkel's all hard sell. What's, what's your idea of a hard sell? Yeah, Finkel, and that's kind of where it's um, – so hard sell from, from at least the company's standpoint is you're, you're talking to an engineering manager, and instead of ha- just having a technical discussion and shining through that, you're, you're selling, trying to get more racks, doing this and, 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 and that. Um, so that's, that's something I learned. You, you, you can't do the hard sell because basically this is a – relationship business and um you know there's a billion staffing companies the companies that people are going to want to work with are the people they like so really the biggest part of this is is being likable how do you how do you be likable what's how do you make yourself likable hold on to that Um, and you'll come back you'll tell us i'm going to do an ad then you're going to tell us this sounds like the key to the business Keep that in mind. Think a little bit before you talk to us, okay? Hey, everybody, okay. Recruiting Animal here for PC, PC, <laughs> PC Recruiter. You know, PC Recruiter has a, a, a feature they call the Candidate Presentation Module. You send an email to your client, and it contains a link. And that link takes uh, the client to a profile of the candidate, and there's a bunch of fields there, but only the ones you want them to see. It's customized. Everything is customized in PC Recruiter. It's got your branding on this page. It displays the data about the candidate and the relevant documents. You can attach a resume, anything you want whatever you want the client to see. Once she looks at that information, she clicks a button called Feedback. She tells you what she thinks. If you want her to grade it according to stars, like one, two, three, four, five, you can program that into it. It's really easy. Everything about the entire transaction is stored in the candidate's file. The next time you go there, you can see what other companies have said about this person. So go check it out at PCRecruiter.net. And remember, if you're a recruiter, PC Recruiter loves you. Okay? Back to the guest. The guest is going to tell us the big secret about recruiting right now. It's a relationship business. That means getting people to like you. And he's going to tell us how to get people to like you so they do business with you. Go ahead. Jerry needs a bit of this. Okay? Go ahead, will you? 
<laughs> so, so the big thing that um, the salesperson in me would would say, hey, you're insane, is um, you know you have a friend, you find out that a company has a a opening they're not going to use a staffing company for at all. As a favor for both, you kind of meet those two together. Uh, the best case is actually a recruiter, right? So I don't know what you're talking about. Does there. anybody know what he's saying? I'm lost. Go <laughs> he, he, he lost me there. Your, your, your friend and the doing favor. Yeah, you're doing favors for companies off off of the record. For for example, you have a friend who was a recruiter. The, the yeah. corporate company needs a recruiter, and they're not going to pay for that recruiter. Hey, I got a friend. He ends up there. Oh, so you uh, so give them a placement doing... for free, a referral <laughs> exactly. of a friend, not not, exactly. not one of your candidates, one of your buddies. Good karma. Okay. You know what? Yeah, well, yes, that doesn't exactly. happen every day. <laughs> the that's ridiculous free might make you likable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, I'm not but... sure if that's quite the key to success we're all looking for. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> Me neither, but that's like a that's like a one-off case. We're talking yeah. about what do you do on a regular basis with almost everybody you speak to uh, to make birthdays, them like you. Yeah, I, I I mean birthdays, holiday cards. You know, taking notes of every every conversation. I had a uh, conversation with one of my customers. They were going. She was the HR manager was going to college with her daughter to go check out a college for her daughter to go to. I track all those things. So next time I call it, hey, how did that trip go? So, hmm. um, I mean, HR managers and engineer managers, you know, they have to be sold sometimes, but they don't want to be sold every call you have, right? Isn't it also very simply that some people are just likable and other people are just dicks, and there's <laughs> nothing that they can do about it? And sales probably is not a good profession for them. Uh, I don't think DNA. you have to be. I mean, you, real you can't likeable. just try to be not likable. I mean, you're you're either likable or you're not, aren't you? Okay, would you call Steve Finkel likable? No, he's <laughs> a dick. I, I don't. I enjoy. No, I you know what? Hey, hey, animal. You know what? I mean, this is rich. Hey, rich. I rich only say that because I called Steve Finkel. Yeah. 25 years ago, maybe, and I needed some advice. I said, "Hey, man, my uh, my boss won't hook us up to the internet, and I'm I'm thinking it's going to be a pretty big deal." And he said, "Your <laughs> boss is right, son. The internet is pure folly." <laughs> that's exactly what he said to me. The well, internet that's is being pure a dick, folly. That's he was Verbatim. wrong. Finkel says you should be disconnected from the internet except for all like day. an hour in the morning. Yeah, yeah, pretty much all day. So I kind of uh-huh. s- struggled here because my president is <clears throat> a big fan of Finkel. And you know, I was trying to do the Finkel way, you know, and I'm like, it's just not me. It's just not me. So there's certain things that I take from that book. But yeah. hey, Animal, can I say let's ask, let's ask the rich man. The rich man wanted to say something. He believes you've got to be bubbly. He he believes that you have to put on a bubbly when you talk to someone. Hey, you got to have energy. But what, one of the one of the guys I worked for, and I was a stockbroker, basically told, said something, told me something that it was totally relevant to recruiting because it works for all sales. I mean, you end up attracting like clients. If you're a dick, you're going to attract dickhead clients. If you're if you're nice and you're fun and you're energetic and you're real, you invite real clients. You know, and you don't. You know, you're going to get some. You're going to get a mix. But your base of clients that you're always going to be able to go back to 
will be guys that are pretty much like yourself. You know, they're going to have, you'll have some kind of commonality, you'll be able to talk about different things, you know, actually build a real friendship and rapport. And because I, I ask this question to candidates all the time, I play sales guys. So I was like, well, you know, who do you know? And they'll like, oh, I got a Rolodex of 6,000 people. And then I'm like, well, who do you really know? Like, who could you call right now and go get a drink with? And usually it's like three or four, three or four clients, you know, at best. So, you know, you, you, you build your relationships and rapport just by finding people you like to work with and just having conversations, you know, in like I don't know, someone said, you don't call, every deal, every call is not a sales call. Maybe just be, hey, you know, you bear, the bear sucked this week or whatever. You know, t- you know, some dumb email or some dumb, um, you know, thing you see on the internet you send them. But I mean, that's I've made I've made some of my clients I consider great friends now. Some of even kind of come to work for me. So just by doing yeah, that. I, heard, I hear that worked out really well. That was mm-hmm. awesome. That was the last one. Was a fucking yeah. blast. <laughs> Still going on. <laughs> hey, I need to uh, I need to redact. Calling Steve Finkel a dick. I'm sorry, okay. Finkel. You're not a dick. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, I think he can handle hey, that. Can I just okay, uh, in here on one thing that everybody's neglecting on, in order to um, be likable yeah. and to establish rapport. You know, if uh-huh. you, what I typically do is I set expectations up front. And if those expectations have been set correctly and the candidate has gone through the process and has, and is able to always say, you know what, Amy, you were absolutely right. This is exactly what I, you told me what to expect. It's exactly what happens. And that person you've established credibility through honest communication and always setting up expectations. So they're not surprised for anything. People want to bring that, to that, a, that uh, down to earth. Like I hate this generality stuff. What does it mean? Uh, give us an example. I know you hate generality. Concise. Okay, mm-hmm. Concise. All right, exactly. Okay, so if my candidate's going to go on an interview, all right, so you're going to walk through the lobby. There's going to be a desk to your right. Her name is Julie. You're going to walk up to her, ask for your badge. Somebody's going to come down and meet you. There's going to be a panel interview of two people. You know, it's kind of setting the expectations. And then after this interview, John Doe, uh, what's going to happen is I'll call you, follow up with you, and then you're going to have a second on-site interview with the client. You see what I'm saying? They People love to know what's happening next. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, that's micromanaging. You're going to go to the door and open it up. Okay. Dude, in today's market, you have to. It's ridiculous. I mean, these, these prima donna candidates and, cl- and clients, are you, you have to. <laughs> so yeah, true. It's annoying. Oh, my God. Because then they call back and they're like, well, you didn't tell me this was going to happen. And yeah. they're like, oh, my gosh. What, I, did I, I have I, to? I, I had a guy that got pissed off last week, last week because they, the, the client dared to ask him to walk him through his resume. You know, he's like, you didn't tell me that was going to happen. You know, really? I'm like, yeah, seriously, he was like physically offended by it. He couldn't believe it. Twenty minute uh-huh. interview. <laughs> he, he basically hung up on that client. <laughs> you got to be in the trenches long enough to know that you got to set yeah. expectations. Joe, did you say you send out birthday greetings to uh, the, all the clients? Yes. Yep. How? So, Cards or email? How do you do it? Or do you phone them up and say, you sing them a song? What do you do? It gives them a reason. To, uh, <laughs> it gives me reason to call them. No, but so, you call them. You wish them. You wish them a happy birthday uh, on the phone. What do you say? Exactly? Yeah, happy birthday. Any big plans? Plans today? Um, mm-hmm. Anything else going on? And then you, you can kind of, you know, do a subtle. How do you know their birthday, Joe? How do you know their birthday? That's the number one question. How do you know their birthday? LinkedIn, Facebook. Some customers, I'm, I'm friends with Facebook. All majority, <laughs> I'm, I'm friends on with 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 LinkedIn. Does so, LinkedIn doesn't uh, tell your birthday? LinkedIn doesn't yeah, does. tell your birthday? Yeah, it does. How, yeah, many, it does. Cli- it does. how many clients are your Facebook friends? I'll bet not many. 
How do you get the birthday? I don't. I don't know what people. See. It's illegal to ask them a question, or they get offended. How do you find LinkedIn, out? And uh, so here uh, at, at my company, I'm we have. So we created this software program a while a while back. It's only for internal use. It's not going to be in the market. So it actually, um, it looks at utility bills and. Um, and people in in the U.S. It actually has 90% of people's cell phone numbers, birthdays, and all this other wow. in, information. Wow. So, wow. Wow. unfortunately, wow. I can't okay. share that with you guys because it's proprietary to yeah. automotive final dynamics. Question. No, no, final question about the birthday. <laughs> another qu- no, another question. Well, you call somebody up and they're in business. They're not your close friend. They're not your cousin or your mother. Okay, and you say, "I'm going to wishing you have your." They know you're just being mercenary, right? I mean, isn't it transparent? And it doesn't make you look bad rather than good to call somebody you want to do business with. You're suck- this guy's sucking up to me. I mean, if they if they don't know that's what you're doing, they're stupid, okay? And and if they know you're sucking up, doesn't that make you look bad? Um, not not necessarily. I, I don't think they see it that way. Most times I've had several conversations. If I just sign an agreement with a company and her birthday is tomorrow, I'm not going to call them. You know, like the next year, right, where I've had several conversations, um, I would do that. So there's, okay. there's kind of a time okay. place Okay, maybe I'm, I'm just too sensitive. I'm going to do an ad, <laughs> a quick one. Hey, everybody, Recruiting Animal here for Hone It, H-O-N-E-I-T, Honeit.com is phone interview technology. It records your interviews, listen to this, and turns the key questions and answers into separate audio clips to help your hiring managers quickly hear the motivation, the personality, and the enthusiasm that the recruiter just heard. You heard Rich Rosen say enthusiasm is important. When you can (laughs) share a story with a hiring manager in the candidate's own voice, you know what it speaks? Volumes. You can't get that from a resume or a dry report. So if you want to get a hiring manager excited about a great candidate, share some of that sizzle with HoneIt.com. And look, if you really do like reading better than listening, it it automatically turns the interview into a a typed-out transcript as well. Okay, HoneIt is designed by recruiters for recruiters. H-O-N-E-I-T.com. Check it out. Nick Livingston's your man. Okay. Anybody have a question for Joe before I move on to anything new? Anybody? Your floor's open. No? Oh, Jerry's gone. <laughs> this guy, he can't make it through a show. I don't, it's not a reflection on you, Joe. You know, he, he never bad? stays for it. He never stays for anybody. Okay. So, uh, look, uh, where we asked about the pronouns, so we got all that important stuff. Okay. Um <laughs> Have you ever presented a uh, a candidate you thought was perfect and the client rejected her or him? Yes. What happened? Can you tell us a story succinctly? Well, the the problem is um when we're submitting candidates, usually it's with um HR and most times I I know more technically than the HR manager. So I begged and pleaded, sent over to the to, to the manager, and um, and then at that point they actually can get an interview. Doesn't always work work that way. 
Um, okay, so hold on. No, wait a second. Yep. Wait a second. Hold on. So you're presenting to the HR person. Why is that? Why aren't you dealing directly with the hiring managers? Does not work that it way depends. in the automotive industry? On the company, yeah. I I mean, it used to years ago, it used to be the Wild West. We would be calling managers, and, and then uh, a lot of times it's pushed more and more with the – HR function. There's still, I mean, smaller companies that you'd be working okay. with. Okay, so manager, you make a presentation, and the HR person you just called yesterday to wish a birthday, have birthday greetings. Is it the HR person you wish the birthday greetings to, or the hiring manager? Who who do you who do you wish greetings to? Um, more more cases than not, it's the HR, HR. manager. Um, okay. And and okay. more of them are female, and they appreciate that more. The guys don't. Uh, could, okay. Uh, uh, less, sexist. Right? Okay, so you present the candidate. You present the candidate to the HR person. She says, "No, I don't think she's right. This candidate's right." And you say, "What? Are you kidding? This person's perfect." Okay, is that what you say? You press back. You don't let this HR ignoramus walk all over you. In other words, am I right about that? Right. I mean, most cases they um, were. We are more knowledgeable than than HR. Especially in the super technical things like in embedded systems, you know, embedded software engineers, things like okay. that. So really, it sounds like though that they're pushovers. Once you say, "Look, honey," because that's what you said. Okay, <laughs> look, dear, you know, you're you're making a mistake here. Trust me, this candidate is fantastic. Just put her in front of the hiring manager he or she is going to be very enthusiastic and 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 they can see they they give way is that what you're telling us that's how it works for you yes more times than not 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 yeah. always uh-huh unless it's a money thing unless there's some issue with a visa oh no no we weren't talking salary. about money we weren't talking about money yeah. we're talking about great candidates like i have had oh he's too young you know this person he won't really be interested you got to talk to him. I will go crazy. Anybody else on the line want to talk about that, where you present somebody, and uh, they say, oh, I don't think it's a person, and you know this, you struggle to find that person, and you're not going to go out looking for anybody else until they take a good look at this this candidate. Anybody else want to comment on that? I think everybody gets that, doesn't they? That's, that's part of yeah. it. Well, what do you do, Michael G. Cox? What, how have you solved that problem? Well, you just ask. You help me to understand where you believe that I'm off because I would hate to go back and find another one just like this. So you had mentioned you can go back to you know, the, the top three or top five things that are most important to them. You said these were the things that were most important. I yeah, had a conversation with this person. He or she stated Okay, but what if they, Michael G. Cox, okay, what if they come up with something and, you know, they say, I wanted someone with five years of experience. Your person only has three, but you know that she's smarter than people with ten, okay? There you've got another issue, okay? Well, uh, I mean, if if I really believe, I'll say, look, the fact is, yes, you're right. This person only has three years of experience, but during these three years, this is what she accomplished. And, And that, I believe, exceeds what you're looking for. Now, I'm okay. not, I can go back to the drawing board you know, if, if, okay. you, if you insist, okay. but. Moving on. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Michael G. Cox. Okay. Right. Joe, are you still there? Joe. Yes. Okay. I'm here. Do you think, 
Do you think AI, artificial intelligence, in recruiting is being overhyped? Like the big deal now is, you know, it sounded like we were all going to be driving, you know, not driving, sitting in the back seat of self-driving cars in a few years. Now it doesn't look so likely, okay, after they've killed a few people. So uh, uh, what about They recruiting? work just fine. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think it's, it's definitely overhyped. There may be some value for sourcing, but uh, but it's still doing keywords. You you need that human element to put, put that together, right? Because uh, there's a story there in, in sourcing. So I definitely th- think it's overhyped. It won't ever replace recruiters or even sourcers. Okay, are you doing sourcing as well, or are you just how do they split it up in your company? Do you do, you do everything? Yeah, it's yeah yeah we do everything. Okay. So I actually do. do you, uh, we have so many, so many recs that I actually do full desk here too. So you do what? Sourcing, recruiting, sourcing, recruiting, sales, manage a team. Oh, okay. Oh, so you you bring in business as well, right? Yep. Well, how do you? What's your business development? Uh, what's how do you how do you bring in new business? So I um, I have. Um, Sign up on Indeed and LinkedIn, and uh, you know, find what jobs are out there. Cold call. Hello. Yeah, some some somebody's you know playing music for us. I think it's over. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) So basically, I leverage my relationships and or look at jobs that are posted on Indeed and LinkedIn. Call five or six managers at each of those companies and a HR manager, skill market. Well, no, no, hold on. Um, okay, you look at a job, you see a job's on Indeed, you've never dealt with that yeah. company before, and what do you do? Go to LinkedIn and identify the HR manager, or what do you, who do you yeah, pick yeah. to call? Yes, so you the talk HR about The HR manager? Tools. Yeah, I, I many. So I, I, the HR manager for me is the last person I call. So I go on Zoom Info get the contact information for, I start with managers. A lot of times managers say, hey, go, go, go through. No, no, I'll, 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 don't, don't jump to the end. I want to know. So you get the manager. Do you leave voicemails or do you just call till you get the person on the line? Do you send an email? What do you do? Like, don't be vague. I want someone okay. who's never recruited to listen to you and go away and do the exact same thing. I, I call. I leave a voicemail. I'll, I'll send an email. Uh, and then I will call them forever. What's in the until... subject line? What's in the subject line of the email? Come on. Um, you know, recruiting support for X, X and X company, um, and you know, say, hey, came across this role. We specialize in this area. We've filled many of these roles. That's kind of. Summarizing that's it. What you, that's what you see um, in the body. Okay. So it's yeah. it, the, the subject line says recruiting support. I've never heard that before. Then the body says, I saw you're looking for this position. We specialize in it. Can we have a conversation about it, essentially? Is that it? Basically. And yep. what's your birthday? Yep. And please tell me your birthday. <laughs> okay. When's your birthday? <laughs> yeah. Um, and then basically, so I'll, I'll try their office line, the direct line, and then typically with our software, we can get their cell phone, their personal cell phone number, and that, uh-huh. um, and that usually works 
Actually, if you've Half got a time. cell phone number, you could actually text them. Do you ever text for new business development? Do you ever text someone for new business, someone I, you've never spoken to? No, I do not. Well, why not? I'll text them too after intimate? the fact. Too intimate? Why not? <laughs> it's too intimate, yes. I don't think I, so. I kind of look at myself when people try to sell me things. I would not respond to a text if I've never talked to someone before. <laughs> Everybody says that's what be the only thing people respond to. Yeah, they don't exactly. respond to email. <laughs> how, how many replies do you get on these emails and voicemails? Hi, I saw you're looking for somebody on Indeed. I work in that field. I want to talk to you. How many replies do you get on that? What percentage? How, how good is it? It's not great. It's, it's, <laughs> okay. it's not great. None of them so, are great. No matter how, what how, many, how, how many times will Texting. you call back? How many times how will you call times? back? Yeah. Well, I call back. I'll call back forever until um, until I get a no, and even a no is not right now. Oh, uh-huh. so how many? Um, okay, final question. Think of that. I got to do an ad before we go on, but I want to know if they say no, when's the next time you call them? Okay, I think Rich told us before he'll call forever as well till he gets somebody. Yep. Uh, okay, so let's let me do an ad for our good friends at Hire Tool, the sourcing. Masters, the sourcing uh, gurus, the super-duper sourcing tool, H-I-R-E-T-U-A-L. They really don't need me to advertise about this, this tool because everybody's raving about it all the time. You go to their site, <coughs> excuse me, HireTool.com. You don't have to know any Boolean. Oh, we haven't even asked this guy, our guest today, if he knows Boolean. You don't have to, okay? I'm not a Boolean whiz. You go there, you put in the... Uh, the job spec in in uh, normal everyday language it returns a list of candidates to you ranked from you know most appropriate closest fit to the bottom it guesses what they're earning it guesses um what they're uh who's most ready going to be most ready to leave i guess it looks for some indicators you know have they changed their linkedin profile uh, recently or Whatever. I don't know exactly what it is. But they tell you, and I've heard that it's pretty reliable. I heard it from Amy, the super uh, recruiter. And uh, anyway, they also are very good at supplying contact information, both personal and professional email and phone numbers. I don't know if they're as good as what Joe is telling us his proprietary software does. Maybe. Okay, but you can check it out for free. They've got a Chrome extension. Go to HireTool.com, download their Chrome extension, See what it gives you, okay? Nintran is your man over there at HireTool.com, H-I-R-E-T-U-A-L. Do you use HireTool? Should I ask that question? Uh, I did the free, free trial, uh, but didn't really purchase it. So well, Why? It wasn't giving you no. the people that you wanted? Really? Hmm. But you really, like Zoom yeah, Info. It's, 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 it's not smart enough, yeah. Zoom info is basically for the the business contact. So we know who the contact uh-huh. is, need the direct line number and their work work email address. So that's what we mean. And, and Zoom it, info it, for. Okay, but with all this with this proprietary software you've got, I don't know why you why do you need Zoom? You've got all uh, that information we, already. There's some people who will won't answer their personal personal self they don't know the number where they'll answer oh. it at the office if they don't know the number okay you, try so you all, called somebody up where we here's where we left off you called somebody up you say i want to work with you the, the, this person says no i'm not interested in working with an agency right now and you said that doesn't stop you what's your next step um well i ask i ask why uh and then uh you know so i would ask them what 
their toughest role they have had, and they tell me. And so if we had someone like that, would you be interested in uh, looking at that resume? And they would say yes or no. That's a Finkel approach. Um, so at that point, I would keep an eye on skill market. But otherwise, I would check in in a couple months. So I call them okay, this but month. You would, if, if they said, I'm look, I've been, we've been looking for this person for a year. We haven't been able to find anybody. You wouldn't consider that a job order and say, look, I'll find that person for you. And uh, Would you consider that? Would you take that on as a job order? Something that is, you know is, is really difficult to work on. Uh, would you take that? I would. I would. I wouldn't have my team work in it. I would work, work on it. Um, I don't really see anything being a job order unless we have a fee agreement in, in place. Yeah, okay, um, but then what are they giving you a fee agreement for an impossible job to fill? Would you work on it? Would you work that job? I would spend some time on it, yes. That sounds I like a have no. My recruiters work that on it. That sounds like a no. Yes. That sounds like a no. Would, okay. Well, what, hey, everybody who's on the line, what should we talk about for the last uh, 10 minutes? Anybody got a topic they want to talk about? Anybody? Okay. You you used to you used to be an account manager for a truck driving recruiting company. Am I right about that, Joe? Yeah, that's how I got my start. I was at a consumer electronics company that went belly up, um, and then for seven as years as a sales rep, as a sales rep, not as a recruiter. Right, as a sales rep, and then I was like, hey, let's let's see recruiting. So I was an account manager for uh, yeah a truck driver recruiting company, which was kind of my first stint in recruiting. I, I hear it. that's the hardest. <laughs> kind of, it's, impos- it's impossible to find truck drivers. Easy to get job orders, impossible to find them. Am I right or wrong? It's easy to find them, to, to find the people who can pass a drug test and who's got a good good driving record. That's that's the hardest uh-huh. part. Oh, really? Okay. It's like the lowest, um, yes. What about psychological tests? Do you do any of them? You know, I, I've got uh, this new guy, the psychologist, has been on twice. I really like him. No recruiter respects what he does. Everybody says they don't trust <laughs> psych tests. He says he says they're fantastic, and he's got a big job. He's a professor. What's your take on the psych tests? Do you use them? They're, they're fun once you're at a job to, to, just to see what you're like, but I would never use it as a prereq to, to get a job. The whole so you don't staff. think they're better and more reliable than interviews? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Wow. I think it's a barrier. Mm. So okay. I've, I've, I stopped my own application process because they had a psych test. They wanted to spend an hour doing it. I'm like, no, thank you. <laughs> we we actually Which eliminated job? our uh, psych test stuff. Which one were you using, Michael G. Cox? Uh, it was a Chally assessment. Chally Worldwide, I believe, is what it was called. It's not so much the, the assessment itself. It's just um, it, it creates bad habits amongst hiring managers that where they're expecting and, and, and basing decisions on whether the, child, the, the assessment stated recommended or not recommended or uh, with concerns and, and would weigh that too heavily in their decision. Okay, so you're um, and, thinking and that you you didn't trust. Okay, that would be fine if the psych test was reliable. That wouldn't be an issue, would it? Exactly, and it, it made people very lazy in their in their recruiting and in their interviewing when they're relying on that too heavily. 
my concern well, yeah, with but what to what's the too heavily if it's test. trustworthy if it's trustworthy yes, exactly. you can, you can rely point. on it as heavily as possible why what's hang wrong on, with hang it hang on my concern with the validity of the test is what i started to do was i took the test myself and yeah. then i took it again immediately after and i had two uh-huh. very different results i had individuals that i felt were strong for the uh, for the for the position that were not recommended by the by the test I said, you know what, I just wanted to, I, I, I want to do this again. Sit down, have a seat, do it again. It's about another 25 minutes. They went through it again, just out of courtesy, and I had completely different results. How can that so, be? I mean, unless you deliberately answer the question, you say, I'm going to screw this up, and I'm going to answer the questions different, okay? How, how, can, yeah. how can you get two different results I, if you do I, it I you know, one have, after the other? The, the fact that I had them do, hey, look, you didn't perform too well on this one. Can you redo it again? So I did that to see if it would change the results, and it did significantly. So um, I may have, have tainted the validity, um, but the fact that the same person does it twice in rapid succession um, and, and gets completely different results uh, raised concerns. And when when that happened once, we we did a, a quick sample and saw that that was happening time and time and time again. And that coupled with the fact that we were seeing managers make decisions based on, you know, okay, the work thanks. recommended. Okay, thanks. I, 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 I only I got four only minutes. Two like minutes. There's only two, four minutes left. I can back up Michael's story if you want to hear it. Otherwise, I'll move Go on. ahead. Go ahead. I just, Go ahead. I, I just had to do a psycho- psychological test for when I was entering, you know, animal, I was interviewing and, well, with one recruiting agency that will go nameless and recruiter that will go nameless, I did the test, and he came back, and he goes, you know what, that's not really what they're looking for. It came back as inspirationalist. He goes, that's not what they're really looking for. I'm going to do this. I don't do this with every candidate, but can you retake it? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, sure, I'll retake it. Exactly. This time I took it with my stepmother next to me, and she's like, one of the questions was, are you a patient person? Well, I answered initially, I'm a very patient person. And she said, you're not patient at all. So I answered questions based on what she thought of me yeah. and the recruiter came back and said, that is the, you got the perfect outcome for what they're looking for. So yeah. they're hooey. I don't like those tests. Yeah. So an animal, by the way, one of the things, and, and I'll try and re- remember to bring it up next time um, that dude's on again. Um, one of the, he had mentioned that um, the way people interview allows um, it was like psychopaths uh, into your organization, and, and therefore you should use these tests. But to change your entire recruiting process um, to uh, ensure that something that happens in less than 1% of the population doesn't get into your organization. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, he wasn't saying that was the only reason. He said that people for CEOs, no, it, and he's got a book, it may he's not got be a book the only coming reason, out. But that's something that he led with He'll in be one back. of the first calls. He'll be back because he said, he said people, when they interview for CEOs, they like psychopaths because they're narcissistic and they're glamorous <laughs> and they are extroverted. Absolutely. <laughs> Have you ever hired something a psychopath, Joe? Have you ever hired someone who turned yes. out to be you didn't like? Yeah. Oh yes, yes, yes. We have. Um, Go ahead. Hey, hey man, in, in, in sales recruiting, I, I've hired recruiting. individuals that that get on the phone just incessantly and get yelled at and don't even put the phone down. They just keep dialing and 
and it does not affect them. It's I, I joke with a couple of these guys like there's there's a part of your soul that is either missing or dead, but it's working. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, Joe, your story. Good yeah. one, Mike. Your story. Your story about the psychopath. I want to hear. Oh, I I just feel, so. Do you mean by the test or just? In general. No, you said you hired a psychopath. <laughs> I want to hear about it if you can tell me. I I just um I feel a lot of recruiters are 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 kind of that way. The good ones, they're overly emotional one way or the other, but it wasn't per se the test, so I didn't understand the question. So, um Okay, yeah. Just in okay, general. now you will call someone up just to wish them a happy birthday so they do business with you and pretend to be their friend, but you don't sound like a psychopath <laughs> to me. Okay. <laughs> and with that, I got to end the show. It's been great having you. There's lots of cool, you know, we had so much uh, I like these group conversations, but there was all kind of questions we didn't get to, so you're going to come back someday if you want to. I enjoyed having you. Michael G. Cox, Amy Poirier, Richie Rich, uh, Jerry, and our guest, (laughs) Joe Skolonic. Thank you! I just same old thing. As a recruiter, there's there's nothing I'm going to now take to my desk, and I am in a state of constant listening, learning, and applying. That's my thing. I got nothing from this show. I'm not going to do anything new. That's what I'm looking for in my learning.